welcome to another Retro As It Occurs To Me. We're back on May the 23rd, 2011 now. And if I could turn back time, I would go back there and warn everyone about what was to come. Imagine if we could have another crack going back then and we could just ruin the Olympics for a start and then bring in Brexit a bit earlier. It would be great. So um, I hope you're enjoying these. If so... Please go to gofasterstrike.com slash badges and you can become a monthly badger and get loads of extras and also be safe in the knowledge that you are providing some money to make more podcasts. Uh, The advertising revenue from this podcast goes towards paying the cast for the first time for their wonderful work of nine years ago, which they are all very appreciative of. So thank you just for listening. Just listening is enough. Let's sit back and enjoy this very old As It Occurs To Me. As it occurs to me, as it occurs to me, as it occurs to me. And please welcome the man it's all occurred to, Richard Herring. Oh yeah. You know you like it. You know you like it that way, baby. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Internet Stand-Up and Sketch Show that all the baby massages are calling AI Ottoma! Stop massaging babies, you massive perverts! What's wrong with you? You make me sick. Regular listeners will know that I work very hard on the scripts for this show, usually. Usually starting work the second the previous week's recording is finished, but this week that seemed pointless because, of course, Saturday was the rapture. The world as we knew it would be over, the worthy would be literally sucked off naked to heaven, the evil would be beset by earthquakes and fire, and there'd be little call for a half-arsed, shit-and-spunk-obsessed, unedited stand-up and sketch show. God is going to take all the religious people into heaven and leave the world for the rest of us, which is a win-win situation as far as I'm concerned. I was really hoping that would happen. So you can imagine how fucked off I was when Saturday came and there was no sign of Jesus or his heavenly hordes and nothing even vaguely biblical happened except another useless volcano in Iceland which didn't even kill any Icelandic people. (laughs) It's impossible to sue that fucker Harold Camping or at least make him write this week's show because his material is a lot funnier than mine, I have to say. Uh, That stuff about it, it happened in the time zones. It was six o'clock wherever you were in the world, like God would work to time zones. He hadn't thought it through, had he? He's got to go now. He said it's six o'clock, and then someone goes, Six o'clock where? And he went, Six o'clock wherever you are. Because God, of course, could make the rapture happen simultaneously all over the world. He has to do it on an hour and hour by hour basis. Ridiculous. And it also meant that if it did happen in Australia or New Zealand, we could, we'd have like 12 hours or whatever to go, Oh, fuck, better get my act together. So uh, it would have been useful. Uh, anyway, after all the fuss he's made and all he said, all, after all the fuss he made, all he has said, by way of apology, this is a genuine quote from him, was, "It's been a really tough weekend." Yeah, yeah, really awful weekend, doesn't it? it? Would have been so much better if the world had turned into a molten lake of fire. I can understand this. <laughs> understand his disappointment there. If I'd been him, I'd have got out of it all by putting my clothes in a pile and leaving a note saying, sorry, it turns out only I was good and holy enough to have been raptured. And then hid in the airing cupboard for the rest of my life. That was Camping's second guess at the date of the rapture. He'd originally said it'd be 1994, then he realised he'd got his maths wrong, and he got it wrong again this time, as you may have spotted. I tell you, I'm giving that man one more chance to get the correct date of the rapture. If he fucks it up again, I'm not sure... I'm going to think seriously about ignoring him from now on. If he, he'll be the old man who cried rapture, won't he? There'll be a new, new parable. So look, sorry if this week's show isn't up to the usual high standards that you've come to expect, but I only had, um, I only had Sunday and Monday to write it, and I wasted Sunday by re-watching the useless film National Lampoon's European Vacation, uh, which I chose, streamed to my computer from uh, Love Film. Uh, There's one film that they... they, There is a film that would make you wish the world would end. It is National Lampoon's European Vacation. It's very poor. But if the teenage me is listening, there's a really good bit where Randy gets off with a German girl and you see part of her breasts. It is quite good. (laughs) Ah, the innocence of the teenage me who could masturbate to just naked breasts. <laughs> anyway, in a way, it's good the rapture didn't happen because you, uh, the cast of AI Ottoma, would, would, certainly, you're, you're there, would certainly have been amongst the chosen few who get taken up to heaven to be cock-slapped by Jesus before being chucked back down to hell. It's Christian Riley, TV's Emma Kennedy, and yes, the return of the Tet, Dan Tetzel! <laughs> Dan Tetzel, 
Russell. You're back then. You were in New York last week. Did you, did you listen to last week's show? Yes, I did, yes. <laughs> oh, dear, that's, uh, I didn't think you'd listen to it. Yeah, you claimed I was the actor who had taken out a super injunction about having <sighs> dildos inserted into my anus and the comedian who was into BDSM. I didn't even know what BDSM was. I thought they'd taught me to drive. <laughs> yeah, stop, stop doing that joke. It's a good joke. About BDSM, just stop That's a good joke. I don't like many jokes. I thought the seatbelts were tight. Yeah. It's a good joke. It's just I've only got to get the mileage out of the joke. Too many times. Yeah, I expect you think you're very funny. I do think I'm very funny. BDSM. BSM is BDSM. But you have broken the super injunction, so... Let's see if you're laughing in prison. I will. I will be laughing, because despite being bum-raped in the showers, that would be a breeze compared to having to write this fucking show in. <laughs> if you take me to court, everyone will know the super injunctions about you. No, so you no, ah, no, because I am going to use false initials in the court case. Uh, T-A-C. T-A-C. Uh, no one will know it's me. That's... Anyway, Dan, what's occurred to you this week when your backside hasn't been brimming with your I don't... Nothing... It's a one-way system. I oh, just I mean, maybe a doctor's finger, and you know, when I had that, turned out to be beetroot. But um, <laughs> we've all had that, haven't we? Um, ah! Oh no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I went to New York. Yes, I really did. What I was. This is this is written down. What were you, what were you so doing just, there? I was uh, big I was apple. Yeah, the Big Apple, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's what we call it now, New Yorkers. Uh, I was uh, writing on a Peter Rabbit cartoon. That's right. <laughs> that most uh, metropolitan. Did you get that job because of the hazard curse to me? No, no, no. Have, no, have, fact, have they brought it up to date? They're calling him Pete Rabbit? Or no, it's still Peter Pete Rabbit. No, it's not Pete Rabbit. Get him on a skateboard, that's yeah, what yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not going to be on a skateboard. All oh, right, they may have a helicopter. But <laughs> we did argue about that. But um, I saw, uh, my, uh, my favourite thing that happened in New York was I saw two big fat Italian looking men fighting in the street and one of them said I just put my foot up your ass and the other one says screw you and the horse you rode in on you putts <laughs> I really enjoyed yeah just, they're, like, they're just putting it on like the early kings and queens of New York <laughs> yes. going around having mafia men having fights they're good and Emma Kennedy TV's yeah. Emma Kennedy any yeah. stories from you? Well, my parents went missing did they? they genuinely genuinely went missing they were supposed to they've been on holiday and they were supposed to come home on Friday and uh, this, this had been written in my diary there was no doubt they were coming home on Friday, and uh, and the other more worrying thing was my mother, who phones me pretty much every day, wherever she's in the world. I hadn't heard from her since last Tuesday, so... <laughs> they're, dead. they're dead. They have died, actually. At the end of the story, wow. they're dead. I'm amazed she's come in to do the show, Rich, but she has... <laughs> Richard dreamt they'd been beheaded. I did dream that. <laughs> I did. He did, which was, which was actually it's a lot better than the dream my mum had of you. <laughs> I won't repeat it. Anyway, so... I dreamt they'd been beheaded, and then I was worried, I wonder if Emma will do as it occurs to me this week now, or will that have to tread on, you know... Yeah, tread, tread, tread carefully, yeah. With that, don't do anything. <laughs> Last week, uh, my, I was shopping for my trip to New York, and my daughter uh, sort of ran away from me in uh, Westfield, and I couldn't find her for about... Five, six minutes. And panic panic was starting. Honestly, I was very worried. But my first thought was, oh, God, I'm going to have to cancel the flight. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Oh, I felt bad. I, I, no, I did feel bad, but, yeah. And then was your second thought, oh, thank fuck, something happened so I can talk about it. <laughs> my child, my child has gone missing. That's what's yeah. occurred to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so Friday comes and goes. There's no sign of him. Saturday comes and goes. There's, there's no sign of them. Son, son, I've tried phoning their mobile. Of course it's turned off. Is it, whose parents ever have their mobile on? A Sunday, I still haven't... So I drive to their house and let myself in. There's posts piled up. They obviously haven't come back. And I'm actually starting to be a bit worried about them. And then at about five o'clock, I suddenly get a phone call from my mother... And she goes, oh, oh, yes, sorry, we couldn't be bothered to come back. <laughs> we wrote you a letter. <laughs> <laughs> because
because dad can't work out how to do texts. <laughs> Fucking twats. And I said to my mum, would it have killed you to keep your mobile on? Would it have actually killed you? And she went, oh, no, 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 Emma. No, 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 no. The mobile is for when the car breaks down. And I said, you've been travelling by train. <laughs> Well, I'm glad they're alive. I'm glad they're still. I'm, yeah, glad, they're I'm glad they've still got their heads up. It was only your dad who'd been beheaded, so uh, yeah. I think maybe in subconscious thinking. Which is handy for moving. you, given yeah. my mother's is, previous dream. She, she'll need a head. That's one of my conditions of going out with a woman. She has to have a head. That's if, they, if there's no head, not interested. Uh, so, sorry if that's offended any women with their heads out there. <laughs> How about you, Christy? Anything happened to you this uh, week? A, a, a really uh, nice uh, filmmaker uh, has uh, animated uh, the song that we sang last week. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's called Wonky Face. It's on uh, Vimeo, yeah. so I should give the guy a plug. His name is Lee Isaro, and uh, Doctor Captain Lee Isaro. Dr. Captain. <laughs> so he's probably really well balanced. But anyway, he's done really good. Yeah, he's, done, he's done a really good animation. Nice. It is I nice. It's good fun to look out for that. I have to big up this other guy. Somebody did a montage. The one we did in Edinburgh, Caledonia yeah. Girls. Somebody yeah. did a montage. That's on YouTube. Uh, and uh, nine people like that. So, <laughs> you could be the ten. Not bad, because only, only 50,000 people downloaded that podcast. Yeah, exactly. So that is, that is quite... Uh, uh, yeah. Good going. Anyway, let's uh, have a quick look at some of the things that have occurred to me this week. Tuesday. The world's oldest panda died. It was 34 years old. I may not have achieved much in my life beyond a high score of 702 at Yahtzee on my iPhone, but it's pretty good. But uh, I have outlived every panda that has ever lived. I'm going to look pretty smug next time I see a panda. You pandas think you're pretty better than me, don't you? You think you're better than me with your panda face, but you're not. I've lived ten years longer than the oldest one of you, so check on pandas. Wednesday. The Apprentice is back. It looks good on paper. Uh, then so does fish and chips, but like, like fish and chips, it is good. I think it's a good. It looks good on paper, and it is good. And Lord Sugar is back up to his old not being able to say resume tricks. Resume, you fucking idiot! You are a fucking idiot, Lord Sugar. I hope you'll have me back on the Apprentice. You're fired. Uh, I just want to be on telly. It's uh, it's still early days, so it's hard to say who will be this season's Stuart Bags. It's easy to say it's that bloke with the rat face. Uh, it was a close run contest this week with one team of idiots beating the other team of idiots with just eight pounds between them. Lord Sugar claimed the loss was disgraceful. Uh, to which my girlfriend cor- correctly responded by saying... But it, it's not disgraceful. Paedophilia is disgraceful. <laughs> they only lost by eight pounds. You know, Lord Sugar, he's lost all sense of perspective. She was right. She was right. He had. And uh, then, uh, next one, is uh, you. Yeah, no, we put it on oh, the back. I've just written this. Yeah, okay. Just written this. Really, This is really up to date, this one. Monday. Less than three hours before today's show, I received an email from the Leicester Square Theatre where we do this. They emailed me. I was here. It was stupid. Uh, but... Uh, and... Uh, they seemed to be advertising. If you read it, it said Richard Herring and, as it occurs to me, Toya Wilcox. And to be honest, if I got that two days ago, that would have been the whole fucking show. It would have been Toya Wilcox, as it occurs to me. But we've had uh, about five minutes to put this together, so... Uh, this is what I think that show would be. As it occurs to me, as it occurs to me, as it occurs to me. Please welcome the woman it's all occurred to this week, Toya Wilcox. Hello, it's me, Toya Wilcox. And this week I wanted to turn this world inside out. That's what it'd be like. But with Toya Wilcox in it. As it occurs to me, 
I can't believe you people. This is rubbish and poorly scripted. It's packed with in jokes, if you can call them jokes, that is. He was rubbish on Have I Got News for You last week, but this makes his appearance on that comedy gold in comparison. Best avoided. This week's one-star iTunes review, and I think that's a real one. I don't think that's someone trying to get on the show. Uh, and it's quite accurate, I think, was put to song. Uh, was written by John Taylor, and I'm really hoping that's the same John Taylor who plays bass for Duran Duran. It would be brilliant. I'd love to have pissed him off. He's done enough to piss me off in the past. Wild Boys was a disgrace. Uh, if not, I'm hoping it's John Taylor, the former Stockport County goalkeeper. I hate him. Uh, if it's not either of those two, I hope it's John C. Taylor, the inventor of controls for electric kettles and horologist. Because I hate horology, I do, I hate If it's not him, I hope it was John Taylor, the, Vance, the Vice-Chancellor of Oxford University from 1486 to 1487. <laughs> he wasn't Vice-Chancellor for long, but, you know, he made his mark in that one, one year in the 15th century. He did well. Seriously, there's about 100 John Taylors on Wikipedia. This could fill up a lot of time if we... Uh, <laughs> work our way. Knowing my luck, the John Taylor who complains is just an ordinary John Taylor who no one has ever heard of. And he's right about this show, but if he wasn't John Taylor, the Canadian neo-Nazi leader, then I'm not interested in his opinion. A Canadian Nazi? That's just fucking awesome. Someone you want to insult, wouldn't you? You have to remember, it's been a while since you've done this, Dan. I know, yeah. When yeah, it's yeah. your bit, you have to be by the microphone, otherwise yeah. we have to just keep having these embarrassing I, I, I had a whole work of paid, you know, a whole week of paid work. It's just back to here. Anyway. <clears throat> Hi, Richard. It's me, Barack Obama. <laughs> President of the USA. I just wanted to say, I... I love the first episode of Sin Free of AI Automa, AI Automa. You had me and my wife and kids in stitches with your interview with Pepper Middleton's disembodied hands. And the Wonka face song, uh, even though we don't know who Lambert Opic is. I can't wait to hear the rest of the series. But I warn you, Heron. Don't you dare mock me in your show. I may come across as a very charming and cool man, but if you cross me, I, I, I'll curse you. Look what happened to Sammy Ben Laden in that fly. I will shoot you in the fucking head and dump you in the sea before you can say pumpkin. That's what, that's what you say, isn't it? Pumpkin. <laughs> you think you're so fucking funny. Anyway, love to the gang. Clack it like a lightning. Barack Obama there, that's it. It's really him. That was the real Barack Obama. On Thursday, I was working at Cafe Nero, uh, and uh, the problem with that is you need to go to the toilet sometimes when you work in cafes, and I really needed a wee, and there's just that one unisex, one-stall toilet there. On opening the door, I was greeted with the pungent smell of undiluted urine, which is, you expect to smell urine in a toilet, but not the undiluted kind, it's usually diluted by water. And looking into the toilet, I saw on the floor was a massive puddle, which I presumed was urine, though I didn't get down on my hands and knees to sniff it. (laughs) or dip in my finger and have a little taste. And anyone who says I did is lying. Because no one was there to see it, so I, and I didn't do it. The puddle... The puddle was large. I'd say a bladder full of urine was on the floor. I was actually quite impressed that someone had managed to get as far as the bathroom, but then completely missed the actual toilet itself and pissed all over the floor. We've, hey, look, we've all had moments where things go a bit awry, especially as we get a bit older, hey, fellas? The old uh, pressure isn't quite as good as it used to be, but, you know, a few little drops come out, but it would take a superhuman effort to miss the toilet bowl entirely with a whole piss and not notice the piss all around your feet and going onto your pants and stuff, I would imagine. Then a rudeness beyond measure, once you've done that, not to attempt to clean up the urine after yourself, just leave it there for the next person to see. There was a piece of toilet roll floating on the top of it, so it looked like they maybe just thought, oh, that'll do, I'll throw a piece... One piece of toilet roll, but it didn't have the absorbency required for a full blood. Not even Juan Sheet could have tackled this one with so little tissue paper. In fact, I'd like to see Juan Sheet try that. I think that should be the next advert. 
land sheet. Don't know what he advertises. It's not because it's Geo Campario. The name of the product's in the name of the character, so it makes it easier for me to remember the character. But Juan Sheet, you know Juan Sheet, Juan Sheet. I um I really need a wee though, and I saw there's only one toilet, uh, and I noticed that if I was clever, I could skirt around the Lake Euraria that had been, stand at the side of the loo, sideways on, and do my business without having to stand. And you know, look at the jeans I'm wearing now. That would go right in the wee. So I had to get out of the all the stirrups of my trousers would go in the wee. Uh, so I didn't have to stand in that other person's wee. And I and a good ninety five percent of my urine got into the toilet. Uh, so I, I was quite I was quite proud of that. After about ten seconds into the wee, though, someone tried the door. Right, and I uh, the implications hit me immediately. Someone was going to be waiting outside as I left. There was nothing I could do or say that wouldn't make it look like I was responsible for the appalling scene of devastation that would greet them. If I walked out saying nothing, they would come in and think, Oh my God, what's that smell? Oh God, a massive pool of wee! Oh, that disgusting man must have done that. Or he'd have have said something as he came out of the toilet. Actually, I I think I saw him on Have I Got News For You last week. I'm going to Google his name when I get home and then tell the world that he likes to urinate all over the floor when there's a perfectly good toilet available. What if I'd come out and said to whoever was there, oh, be careful, it's a bit messy in there. It wasn't me who did it. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. They would think... Well, he'd only say that if he was the one who did it. If he hadn't done it, he wouldn't have felt the need to apologise. Hang on. I recognise his voice. Wasn't he on the news quiz the other week? Mm. I'll be sure to let the press know about his disgraceful micturatory secrets. This is how awful rumours start. I expect that one day, in the past, some maid in a hotel I might have stayed in probably came in to find a high-backed armchair (laughs) with a semicircular toilet mat around it, encrusted with what looked like semen, with a mirror ball spinning in the ceiling and ladies' pants sort of destroying all over the bed, and put two and two together and made five and spread the rumour that I like to invite girls back to my room make them dance whilst I pleasure myself. Whereas the truth of that is that um, that high-backed armchair was there anyway. And I, when I'm in hotels, I try to save money. I make porridge myself in a little pot uh, with a kettle. I get a kettle, you can get it and just put hot water in. And I was worried that I might spill some of the porridge on the floor and ruin the floor so I put I got the semicircular toilet mat out of the toilet and put it round there and I did it was good I did that because I did spill some of the porridge on the, the mat and that's why the, that's what was on the mat so that explains that well, what, what about the uh, mirror ball I always install a mirror ball in the, every hotel room I'm in because it helps me sleep it's like a mobile for a child and also I can mm. I like to look at myself mm. like, with thousands of images of myself. <laughs> and the ladies' pants are there to clean the... Mm. I, got them, they get, put, I clean those. Where did you get them from? I just got them in a second-hand ladies' pants <laughs> shop. They were really cheap and I can clean the mirror ball. Mm. It's a perfectly innocent explanation. Perfectly innocent. Uh, I considered trying to stop the wild urine rumours fly, flying by hastily cleaning up the puddle of stale urine myself. But it would have taken ages. The person would have heard outside furious mopping up with toilet paper and then they would definitely think oh look at this toilet it, it smells of urine the floor is smeared with urine the bowl is full up with toilet paper drenched in urine that man must have pissed all over the floor and then mopped it up because no one would ever mop up the stale urine of a stranger unless they were paid to or a pervert well, I'm pretty sure that's the guy who motorcycled around the world with Ewan McGregor <laughs> Wait till Twitter hears about this one. So at least in that case, Charlie Borman takes the rap that time. But as it turned out, the person waiting was a Japanese tourist. And I thought, I didn't think they'd be able to speak enough English for me to explain the situation. So I just kind of hot-footed it out of there, hoping they'd think it was some kind of cultural thing. Uh, or that I was a fat old Michael J. Fox, which, thinking about it, might explain why the aim was so bad as well. <laughs> Some applauding, some groaning, some, but some people applauding. As it occurs to me, what you've had, like a duck duck, you don't go back. And once again, here on Air Aftermath, we've got the interviews that everyone else wants but simply cannot get. And um, this is uh, the part of the show that has been uh, slightly overtaken by events, I would have to say. But I think uh, when I wrote this, this morning, I thought this is very topical and quite edgy and quite funny. 
but then events have overtaken and make it just look shit now, but there's no real way around this. But if I could turn back time, uh, thanks to the magic of AR to my dad. Imagine how funny this would be. Quite, quite funny. So, uh, will you please welcome the man of the moment? It's Ryan Giggs, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Ryan. Yeah, hello, Rich. Lovely to be here. Yeah. So, it's been quite a week for you then, Ryan, this week. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Yeah. Man United winning their 19th title. Yeah, certainly a landmark for the club, you know, overtaking Liverpool with their useless 18 league titles. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, this week you'll be playing Barcelona for the European Cup. Yeah, it's a big game, yeah. We, uh, it'd be a great end to the season if we could win that too. Well, yeah. I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite bit about football? Do you like, do you prefer kicking or heading or <laughs> tackling? Or do you like the bit when you're running around, which... Yeah, you know, I like, I like all of it equally. Yeah, so, yeah, that wasn't that good a question. No. To be honest, Ryan, I'm not interested in football, no, so there isn't right. much I can talk to you about. I'm a bit out of my depth. OK. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing really else to ask you about other than football. This reminds me a bit, actually, of this time I went into this uh, motorcycle clothing <laughs> shop. Uh, I tried to pretend I had a motorcycle oh, for some right, reason. Yeah. Yeah. I was all like, hi, nice motorcycling shop you've got here. And then the guy said, I think he was Australian, looking for anything in particular? He said, that was, I don't know why he's oddly Australian. But I, uh, I didn't have a motorcycle or know anything about them. So I tried to front it out. And I said, no, just I'm having a look around at the motorcycle clothes, see what you've got in stock. And if I see something I like, something suitable, this is verbatim, by the way, I can remember the, uh, something suitable for riding on my motorcycle in, then maybe I'll buy me some motorcycling clothes. But the thing is, I was never going to buy any clothes. I was just wasting everyone's time. Right. Yeah. It sounds a bit boring. You've really, you've really got to... Um, You've really got to hear the whole story to get, to get it, I think. So I'll just I'll press on. And then, so I continued. Uh, yeah, I sure love motorcycling. Uh, motorcycling, motorcycling around. Uh, some people like riding on a normal bike, not me. I say, why pedal around when you can have a bike that doesn't need to be pedaled with all an engine and stuff. And I made the sound like that. I was doing the thing with my... I'm not boring, am I, Ryan? Well, you know, a little bit. Sorry, maybe it's not that good a story. Let's talk about you. Is there anything else going on in your life at the moment? So tell me a bit more about the uh, motorcycle. Yeah, cool. Then uh, the shop man said, right, he's Australian. He was I can't redo the accent. Right, yeah. Like we, we'll, he couldn't redo the accent either. Right, well, yeah, well, feel free to have a good look around, mate. And the uh, shop lady chipped in. Stop it. Stop telling the anecdote. It never actually happened anyway. Oh, no. It's Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus. Don't cheer that. What's become of you people cheering for the disembodied, decaying rosebud of the sister of our future queen? That's right, Richard. I am back. Like a bad smell. Ooh, sorry about that. <laughs> Occupational hazard. I suspect you all thought you'd seen the last of me last week. No, no one thought that. <laughs> Everyone expected to see you again every week until your increasing popularity made me jealous and I wrote you out of the script by kidding. Well, well, I'm back anyway. And I have something rather important to say. I have been having an affair with a married premiership footballer who has taken out a super injunction to prevent me from revealing oh, who he is. Seriously, who cares Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus? Everybody cares. It's important people know. He's cheated on his wife. He needs to be exposed. No, he doesn't. He's a footballer. It'd be news if he'd remained faithful to his wife. That's, that's what I'd like to read about. It's no business but his own and his family's. But he's treated me so badly. Look, wait a minute, Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus. You can hardly take the moral high ground on this. A, you're an asshole, <laughs> a winking brown eye, a back vagina. It's true. <laughs> and B, you had sex with this married premiership footballer who you knew was married. You're just as immoral as him. And worse, you're in danger of looking like you're trying to use this sordid association to get publicity, money, fame, and a photo shoot in nuts. No, it's not that at all. Though I am prepared to do a photo shoot if nuts want to get in touch. I just want justice. It's nothing to do with Pippa Middleton's buttocks getting all the press and me being ignored. The world must know that there is a footballer out there who doesn't respect his marital vows. Look, Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus, I like you. As assholes go, you're up there, you're one of the best. But there's no kudos in being famous for the sake of it. Having people know you are is as much a curse as a prize, my friend. Mm. And if they know you only for doing something seedy or underhand, then that is nothing but a curse, a poisoned chalice. 
I'm not referring to you there. Go out into the go out into the world and try and achieve something to be proud of. I have tried. At the royal wedding, I transformed myself into a hat for Princess Beatrice. That's good. But everyone just laughed at me and called me ugly. You know, I'll tell you a story. Mm. Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus. Yes. There once was an ugly disembodied anus <laughs> with ring piece all mould and brown. And you know what? He grew up to be the anus of a swan. Oh. That is the cloaca of a swan. You don't know how I feel. I'm an amazing hidden secret who's been overshadowed by an ass that everyone seems to think is perfect, but would be nothing without me doing all the hard graft. I did work with Stuart Lee. It's fair enough. <laughs> I will not be silenced. I will tell you who the married footballer is. can't do, we'll be in trouble. I am anus. Hear me Oh, yeah, Ryan, sorry, sorry. Um, bit weird that you accidentally got embroiled in all that unpleasantness. You just took, here to talk about football and that. So yeah, just, yeah. Okay. yeah. Sorry, can I just point out that I'm not the footballer who took out a super injunction because I had an affair with Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus? No, that's, that's all right, Ryan. We all know that. If you had had a super injunction saying that, we wouldn't be able to do a sketch about it without being sent to prison five hours ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> Why? What's, what's happened? <laughs> Did you not hear? What? No, it's, no, it's gone. It's, it's, been, it's come out now. Which is, which is really why we should leave writing Hey Ottoman 2, Hey Ottoman till um, 5 o'clock on Monday. I think we've shown, we've shown that writing it earlier is a mistake. Uh, anyway, nearly everyone knows. The only way more people could know about what, what, what's happened is for the culprit, whoever did have sex with Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus, to try and sue Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he'd have to be a fucking idiot to do that, wouldn't he? I am going to sack my lawyer. <laughs> As it occurs to me, it's excrement and excrement. It increases in increments. Let's go down into our audience in an unpredictable feature where we see what has occurred to them this week. Each week, I want to know, uh, you'd know at home, I do tell the audience beforehand to think carefully about whether their story is worth sharing with the world, but these people won't be stopped in. <laughs> They have no idea. So has anyone got any, uh, anything interesting or amusing that's happened to them this week? This gentleman here with the beard, yes, sir? Um, I was uh, writing some copy for a video competition. I was writing, he was writing some copy for a video competition. He sounds a bit like the Ryan Giggs impression, <laughs> disconcertingly. Yes? Um, and I was a bit worried that, that my work's doing, I was a bit worried that the phrase... Uh, let your inner Spielberg loose was a bit cliched. So you had this phrase, let your inner Spielberg loose, and you thought that was cliched. Well, I've never. Oh, yeah, okay, it sounds good. Um, so I googled it just to see how many millions of times it's been used before. You googled it to find out how many millions of times it's been used before. And the top eight were all video competitions with let your inner Spielberg loose. Okay, so they were the top eight were all video competitions like and you were trying to write about with the exact phrase. So you've yeah. proven your own point. Absolutely. And numbers nine and ten. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's going somewhere, I really do. Because <laughs> I hope we're not going to go through, like, um, right through to a million telling me what each one of them is. It'll still be better than anything from last week, but nine and ten were. But the same question, which was if I have too much sex, will, <laughs> my, will my vagina get too loose? The nine and ten were if I have too much sex, will my vagina get too loose? Nine and ten have yeah. uh, released your inner Spielberg. Sorry, you've got a vagina. <laughs> So, and why and how did how did Spielberg crop up in, in those? Did you click on the pages or we were? Because like, you've got to be careful. Jaws. <laughs> it's a weird thing, isn't it? Don't uh, look at baby massage books on uh, Amazon. That is my advice to you. I've discovered to my cost. Uh, anyone else got anything? Remember that is that he set the bar. Yeah, I'm not sure. A man whistling is the man I want to go to. <laughs> Yes, hello. a man in the pink shirt has something to tell me. Uh, What's your name, sir? Uh, Jason. Jason, what was your name, old beardo? <laughs> Looks like Kevin Toms from uh, Football Manager. Uh, doesn't really narrow it down very much with our audience. Chris, that was... So, sorry, it was uh, Jason. Yes. Jason, in a pink shirt, bold move. It's red. But... It's pink. <laughs> <laughs> very, very light red, yes. Pink. <laughs> What's occurred to you this week, uh, Jason? Oh, it occurred to you that you shouldn't cut your son's hair because it'll make him cry. Yeah. Uh, 
Don't fucking massage him either, alright? Because that'll get you in talk in <laughs> some trouble. You cut your son's hair and it made him cry. Did you cut his ear at all? No. No? Just his hair. Just his hair. Was it his. No. Ah, Sarah, how old's your son? Uh, <laughs> uh, good. So that's the, this is the standard we're dealing with. Meg, I bet, somebody, I bet you've done something more interesting than that, haven't you, Meg, this week? No, you don't have to give anything. Oh, you have got something. Meg, this is Meg, who I talked to in the first half. You've been here with the thousands of people in their square theatre. <laughs> yes, Meg? Hello. You won a camera. See, that's better than you two straight away. That's straight. What did you have to do to win it? Because you uh, work in the field of uh, documentary photography, so that must have been pretty useless to you. Unless it was a was it a really good camera? I've got it. In You've got it in your bag. Let's get it out. <laughs> Fucking hell. Whoopie do. <laughs> that's good. You won that camera. What did you have to do? You gave. Oh, you gave money to the Japan tsunami, yeah. and then you took a camera off him. <laughs> I think you're meant to give the camera back. Go, no, I couldn't possibly take that. So it's um, a, a Japanese restaurant in Soho. Oh, that's a Japanese restaurant in Soho. What's it called? Uh, Bim Bam Bop or something. <laughs> <laughs> Bim Bam Bop or something. Ching Chong Chang. This is looting. You're yeah. describing looting. You're, you're describing. Racist looting. <laughs> It's lovely, Meg. So, well, me and Meg have had two long conversations now. If you've been, if you've been here for the first half, people, like, you could have heard another conversation as scintillating as that one. I'm determined. I think there's something to get. Something Meg's going to say is going to turn everything around. Uh, but uh, anyway, we'll go for one more. See if we can beat the camera is winning. So, yes, hello, another lady at the front. Oh, it's Claire. Claire, Claire it's at front. Claire. Then we talked to uh, before the show. Emma told her to get her fucking drink off the table. <laughs> well, I said she's a prostitute. Oh, Let's see what she's got. Let's see what uh, she has to say for herself. What is it, Claire? She works in human resources as a manager. It occurred to me that... It occurred to me. I like it when they start like that, because that is good. That is what you do. If you give your dog steroids... If you give your dog steroids... I like having to break it down. They look like Fatima Whitbread. What? Where's this going? No? It'll secretly crap in your kitchen. It'll secretly crap in your kitchen. Then eat it. Then eat it. Come into your living room while you're eating your tea. Then come into your living room while you're eating your tea. Then make the crap up. And then eat it. And then eat it again. <laughs> and does it... Does it... Um, Did you write that's that? A, that's a warning story, is that? Is there? To be fair, that is on the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> does the, the third time, does it keep it down, though? The mixture of vomiting shit. The fourth time it was down. So that is... Uh, Why is your soul got steroids? Where is it? A weightlifter? <laughs> is it a boxer? <laughs> Oh, come on. Whoa. He's got meningitis, is the oh, great dear. answer. Yes, oh. less funny than I was hoping. <laughs> really, oh. really, once your dog gets meningitis, just have to let it go, don't you? Oh. You've only got yourself to blame. Claire, will you come next week and tell us it's all right? <laughs> is it feeling better? Okay. The menin- don't, dog, dogs don't recover from meningitis. It's never going to recover. Who's telling you it's going to be fine? That dog's dead. That dog. Your boyfriend or husband at home might be replacing it with a similar dog as we speak. Oh, yeah, you go out to us. It occurs to me tonight. Yeah, don't go out. Don't come back till 11 o'clock. If the dog seems strange, if it's not eating its own shit anymore, it's not because it's a different dog. It's just better. It's cured of that incurable disease that would kill human beings. So obviously, it's going to kill a dog. That's what it is. Right, is that a downer on the evening? <laughs> She's still laughing, ladies and gents. She's still laughing, Meg. Yeah, it makes your camera seem a bit pathetic. Now, doesn't it? <laughs> Suddenly you're not so worried. Unless you can bring in next week a dog that vomits up its own shit and then eats it again. I don't want to see you here. Your camera. <laughs> uh, good, well, uh, well, we'll move on. We've, we've done enough. We've done enough. Let's uh, go on to... Uh, you pretending to be a fictional character. Yeah, that's right, yeah, I had a funny story. Like, no. No, do you want to do, do funny No, story? no, it's built it up too much now. You've come back as you... I've built it up a small amount. No, do, it, do it, do it. Too much. Do it, we've got... We've, yeah, we've All got right, it. I, was, I was in New York. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I, I was running... I was going to meet a friend, and I was running late, going across town. And so I sort of broke into a little jog. And I said, it was a real deja vu. And I realised I was running through the Diamond District... Uh, as in Marathon Man. <laughs> and I just had this vision of being recognised. And uh, I, I should explain, uh, my grandfather was a Nazi. Uh, I, 
I look quite like him. I just thought uh, that would ruin my trip. Wouldn't you have had to travel through time for that to be for you to be your grandfather though? Oh, yeah, but they're old. They don't know that. <laughs> Turn forward time. Back I hope I would do it differently. Pretend to be Lemba Opic. I would never train to be a dentist. That's very difficult. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> these people are too young. They don't know the reference to the film. No, I know it's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Hello, Lembit Obek here. <laughs> I just wanted to say congrats on the first episode of the series. What a funny song about my wonky face. Oh, how I love to laugh about my near-fatal paragliding accident. Why don't you have a go at my brother dying next week? I gave him a Viking funeral. <laughs> All my excellent work on the deep cut murders. But listen, fellas, I was disappointed that with Dan the Tet Tetzel being away, you got Ben Moore in to replace him. Next time Dan's away and you need an odd faced beanpole giant to replace him, give me a call. You do that stuff about disembodied anuses, and I'll do the jokes. If you can call them jokes, that is. Nice one, John Taylor. <laughs> White Moose Power! Let me open then. I don't know why don't. That was where we should have got him in to replace Dan Tetz. I don't know why we didn't have him in last week. Anyway, now it's time for another instalment of the still quite confusing but soon to be cult section The Moral Maze. It's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, it's a moral, it's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, it's a moral maze. It's a morals get hazy, our scruples get lazy, our conscience goes crazy, and we doubt the nobility of Count Basie. We get trapped in the maze. It's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, it's a moral, it's a moral maze, it's a moral. Each week I investigate a genuine moral moral quandary that has vexed me uh, in the previous seven days and then our audience here in the theatre decide if I've acted morally, immorally or amorally. This week's... It's a new twist. This week's... And remember, my life, you know, in seven days, I'm not like a criminal or anything, so, you know, I have quite a boring life, so these aren't... All that exciting. This week, illicitly borrowed cagoule. It's a borrowed maze, it's a borrowed maze, it's a borrowed, it's a borrowed maze. Illicitly borrowed cagoule. On Wednesday, I was here at the Leicester Square Theatre. I live here to record the DVD. I don't know why they email me. I live here. I'm here so often. Why just talk to me? Uh, to record the DVD of my hit show, Christ on a Bike, will be out later in the year from Go Faster Strike and in the shops. Perhaps foolishly, I'd come dressed in my stage costume with no change of clothes. After filming some extras with the fucking idiot Andrew Collins, I had half I had half an hour to go and buy myself some dinner before the show. But I was surprised to discover it was raining heavily outside. It hadn't been raining before. I'd come out without a coat, but I went outside. If I went outside now in my show suit and shirt, it would get soaked and I'd look like a damp idiot on my DVD. But if I didn't get any food, I might pass out from hunger. I was in dressing room two, which you may know is just back there. It's also used at the moment by the actors in the production The Prisoner of Windsor, which is on at this theatre until the 11th of June. Loads of their costumes were hanging up on the racks. Now, the props of another production in theatre talk are sacrosanct, right? There's an unwritten law in all theatres you would never touch the props of another production. If anyone fiddled with my props or touched myself, I'd be furious and I'd I'd get them thrown out of the theatre. But then again, I needed some food. Uh, And uh, I noticed on the rack of clothes was a waterproof jacket. Surely it wouldn't match if I took that, wore it, just to go to the Pret-a-Manger and back, as long as I returned it straight away. So without permission, I took that cagoule. Getting it wet on the way out, all speckled with water, and then I ate my dinner at Pret-a-Manger... Spilling Godfrey crumbs all over it. What are Godfrey crumbs? Crumb, I don't realise what Godfrey crumbs are. Godfrey, it's a ginger biscuit. Ginger man. Gingerbread man in pret a How old are you? <laughs> it is a child's biscuit. It's got Smarties down. It's brilliant. That's what I had for my... That's what I had for this. So I had, like... There was slightly damp rainwater and gingerbread crumbs down the raincoat that I'd stolen. The cast of The Prisoner of Windsor would never know what happened unless... They sort of saw the strange splodges of the dried water and gingerbread and thought, what's that? That wasn't on there yesterday. Or if they listened to this podcast. (laughs) Also, while I was there, I stole one of their vocal zone throat sweets from out of a box on the dressing room table. But, in mitigation... 
Today, I've brought a whole box of vocals. I only took one suite and I brought a whole box and replaced that. So I think that's all right. Mm. Anyway, we now have to decide if what I did was moral, immoral, or amoral. What do you think? Well, can I just say, I've been on the receiving end of someone else using one of my props. I uh, I was up in Edinburgh, and I was doing a show called uh, Bill Shakespeare's Italian Job, and I had a a smoke. It was a very... Very um, uh, sort of sweaty shows, a lot of running about in it. And so I had a, a small green face towel that I would use uh, in the wings and after the show to get the sweat from my eyes. And after about the third week, I, I got a bit ill and uh, couldn't really work out why, why I was unwell. And then on the very last day, of the festival, uh, I went to see a show uh, that was on at the same venue because I, I promised the performers, the, the performers of Puppetry of the Penis. <laughs> <laughs> and then sat watching slightly agog <laughs> as during one routine the two naked Australian fellows on stage happily tossed my green face towel betwixt each other, which they then used to wipe the sweat from their anus, balls and cocks. They must have been furious when they found out your face sweat was all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you zinged me. <laughs> you zinged me good, Harry. So, yeah, but then, look, in that case, that's, that's, they've crossed that's, the line. The they've slightly line. crossed the that's line, morally. They've crossed yeah. the line. But I didn't... Do it. I didn't wipe my genitals against the. Are you sure? I could have done. There was one time when I was in a dressing room uh, when I was on tour mm. uh, that uh, there was a play in there in the week and I was coming and doing a comedy show. Yeah. And Claire Goose, who uh, was in, remember she was in Casualty. Very attractive. Um, very beautiful. I had a big crush on her. She'd been in that play and she'd left her costume in the dressing room. Oh, and no. it had. Uh, <laughs> it had. Um, she had kind of like a little, what is it called? But it's like a bra, but it's also a got bodice, a bodice thing a bodice. on like that. And it's very, and it, I just mm. had a little feel of it to see what it would have felt oh. like. I just imagined she was in it. Well, but on, she well, wasn't in it, it's all right. There's what, no, what did you feel it with? I just felt it with my hand. <laughs> but that, we're not, that's not what we're discussing here. I would say that was immoral. I didn't wank into it. Not fully. Um, that one was immoral, that is wrong. But in this case, I'm just borrowing a raincoat and it saved the show. Have you got any feelings about this? Because the audience will have to decide. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I'll go away for one week and then bring back new formats. As <laughs> um, I, you clearly said that it is, uh, you know, it is against theatre law to... Uh... But do we care? Because they're fucking actors. That's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> oh, they touched my raincoat. How oh, will I get into character? This, no. this raincoat speckled with rain. That would help you get into character, the imaginary actor in the Princess the Prisoner's Windsor, who might be a nice guy that I haven't seen. Yeah, I, 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 that's you know, question. Morally, I think, you know, I think Kant would say that you are in the wrong. Okay. I, think I think you're in the wrong on this one. Well, it's not up to you to decide. If I am wrong, I promise I'll buy a cagoule for every member of the Prisoner of Windsor. I don't even know how many people there are in it. There could be a fucking thousand people in it. So that is what's up for scale. You have to answer honestly... Uh, and I'm gonna, this week we're going to do it by cheering because people at home complained that putting hands up wasn't very good audio <laughs> so if you think I acted in a moral fashion will you cheer now? Yeah. big cheer if you think I acted in an immoral fashion cheer now yeah. less of a cheer, close if you think I acted in an amoral fashion cheer now yeah. <laughs> nearly if you, if you don't know what the difference between immoral and amoral is Cheer now. Yeah. So that's probably won it. They did not know the difference. I think, I think by breaking it down to immoral and amoral. Amoral is like when you're outside of morality. You don't even know that morality exists. Immoral, immoral is that you do... So I'm definitely not amoral. Because I do know the morality. I know, I know what I did was wrong. But luckily, luckily, I think clearly, the vote was clearly just... I saved from buying 11 kibbles, <laughs> which I would have done. Do it again by AB. <laughs> Do it in what? Do it again by AB. Do it again by AB. <laughs> a two-week out of date heckle there from uh, <laughs> a loner at the back 
fucking lonely, but it's a good heckle. It's good, do it again by AV. Um, if we did that, then Amor and Immoral, I think, would go together. But luckily, by choosing clever language that the audience can understand, I got away with it, and I don't have to buy the cagoule. It's a moral bees, it's a moral bees, it's a moral, it's a moral bees, it's a moral. Beast, it's a moral They were right. And anyway, now it is time. Uh, well, before that, uh, Emma, I don't know, um, there's something I want to talk to you about. Yeah. I don't know if you saw yeah. about the Arnold Schwarzenegger um, story this week, that you know, he's been having oh, lots yeah, of uh, yes. affairs with women and far far with some children. Mm. Um, they call him the Sperminator. It's brilliant because it's like the Terminator, but yeah, yeah. sperm. Because yeah, I didn't know he had any sperm before point. that. Yeah, so it's a good uh, But uh, what I, the reason I brought it up for you yes. is that Arnold Schwarzenegger only liked to have sex with very ugly women. That's, <laughs> he, was, he, wanted, he wanted to have sex with very ugly women because yeah. that made him feel better about themselves. Yeah. They appreciated him more. Are, are you asking me if I've had sex with Arnold Schwarzenegger? I'm just saying if you haven't. I think <laughs> yeah. that you could probably... Could he's he's going to be single now. You could probably get in there. I don't know. I think maybe... He Hideously might, ugly women he has he, sex he with. He might be a bit confused by you. Might be. Well, that's all right. A little bit. I'm not very attractive. If I was a woman, I would be unattractive. But as a man, I'm deeply attractive. Anyway, that was really just to fill in some time okay. whilst uh, Christian Riley got ready to play his song. Uh, it's going to go over to young Christian Riley for a supposedly topical, but increasingly just songs about stuff that's happened in the show. Will you please welcome Christian Riley, ladies and gentlemen? Give him a round. Uh, so, uh... I was uh, captivated by one of last week's guests, so I was inspired to write this song. Little anus, rusty sheriff, star of joy, you're not a toy for Matt Keith Allen. He'll just tell you lies and leave you crying from your brown eyes. I know you feel as bare as an Edinburgh floor where once crash mats had lain. Now there's a crippled Ben Moore. Won't let them say you're full of shit now. Don't forget you're out. Little anus will pick you up and dust you down and turn you around You're not heinous Turn that puckered frown upside down Say I'm brown and I'm proud Large intestines gateway to the world The only unsung part of an overexposed girl I love you so much I didn't mean to make you blush Now you look like the flag of Japan disembodied anus would be incapable of farting as buttocks are required to make the rasping sound. They, didn't, they weren't worried about a disembodied anus being able to speak or move around under its own volition or have sex with Keith Allen as then. So sorry if that's an upset anyone at home about the fart. Be on the telly. What's going on? What the fuck has happened? So, anyway, that's almost it for another week. We're here at the Leicester Square Theatre for the next four Mondays. Uh, the project's future relies heavily on ticket sales, so this is going to be the last series. So, um, you can also support us by buying our secret stand up CD from www. Why can't I do that? GoFasterStrike.com or by buying Emma Kennedy's rubbish new book I Left My Tent in San Francisco uh, top of the Sunday Times bestsellers list because I imagine they must have paid for that summer. <laughs> must be some cheat. Uh, or by giving Christian Riley some loose change if you see him sitting by the side of the road in the pavement. <laughs> or just by plunging a dildo into damned Hetzel's face. <laughs> 
wherever he is, whatever he's doing, he loves it. And podcast whore producer Ben Walker used to just produce us. Now he's going off with all the young podcasters, the new generation. Not like me. I've been here for years podcasting. Anyway, he would like to remind you that Flatshare Slamdown starts on the 31st of May with me as a guest. It's all got Pappy's in it and Andy Zaltzman, who's very funny as well. You can come and see that recorded at the Phoenix if you're in London, but don't do that. Come and see me in my show. Come and, come and stop giving money to the young bucks, the young Turks. Oh, I'll stop doing this. I mean, it's, it's, I'll tell you, this show is definitely going to kill me. There's no doubt about it. And so give me some, at least give me the last few minutes of my life some pleasure by coming down here. Anyway, that's about it for now, maybe forever, but we'll be back Whoa. next time. Whoa! Oh, Hold on, what, what, what's happening? I feel odd, like... Like my soul is spinning around inside me. I can hear it. Yeah, I can hear your soul. I don't believe it. I'm being raptured. The rapture's happening now. Oh, my soul is being sucked off. Come back. Come back. Emma, don't fly away. Just a closer left. I think I saw her cloaca as she flew out. It's been a bit sick in my mouth. And had me, Rich, the same is happening to me. No, can't. Oh, I can, yeah, I can hear it. That's your soul. It's going, oh, I'm going. Oh, oh, my anal dildo. No, please, let me take my anal dildo. No! <laughs> the anal dildo cannot go with you, Dan. I'll take that and I'll uh, throw it away later. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, I have just realised I believe in you too. Listen, I'm being taken up. You're jammy, you are, Christian. You wait until the last minute to repent. That's the weakness in the whole Christian system. Get away with it. They've all gone. They've all gone up to heaven. It's okay. If they're being taken up to heaven in the rapture, then I must be going as well. I'm safe. Any second now, I'll be raptured because I'll be going. You're just probably that uh, roulette wheel sound will come in. And it's just that'll be my soul going... Oh, come on, I'm quick. Sorry, Rich. Jesus! That's my name, don't wear it out. <laughs> yep, I have returned. The rapture is actually today. Harold Camping got his son slightly wrong. He forgot to carry the one. But right now, all the true believers are being sucked off naked to heaven, and uh, all the non believers, including you and uh, all your fans, uh, apart from the Reverend Peter Organ, of course, are <laughs> going to stay down here on earth where you're going to get all burnt up in a big fire. Sorry about that, but. Uh, oh, you should have believed in me. Uh, anyway, I will light the fire now. As, oh, oh dear, my, oh, my lighter's out of fluid. So, has anyone got a lighter I could borrow? To? Don't give him, don't give him one, he'll burn us all up. Don't give him this. If you giveth me a lighter, then I shall saveth you. Oh, don't help him. No, wait, Jesus, wait, wait. Wait, before you kill all the non believers, let me hear me out. All right, all right, all right, but be quick. I have to, have to get round the world in a day, arriving at each time zone on the hour for some reason. I, I don't know how far the Christmas does it. <laughs> it just seems odd to me, oh, Yezu. Oh, that's uh, Only my mates call me Yezu. It's uh, Mr. Christ to you. Sorry, Mr. Christ. And, uh, <laughs> it seems odd. Isn't Christianity all about forgiveness? Oh, yes. yes, yes, it is. Love thy enemy as thyself, forgive your enemy, love your neighbour. And your neighbour's ox, if you can get him involved too. <laughs> Something for the Israelites. I think you've got a sense of humour, Jesus. But if you're telling us to forgive each other, mm-hmm. isn't it a bit hypocritical that you don't demonstrate forgiveness yourself? Especially regarding something as unquantifiable and ephemeral as faith. There's no proof that you were real. In fact, it might be argued you left a lot of contrary evidence to your existence. You're going to leave all of us to die in horrible agony, basically because we made a wrong guess. Personally, I love mankind too much. I'd love them too much to do such a thing. Surely I'm not better at loving mankind than you, Jesus. No, 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 not. I, I love mankind more than you. <laughs> you love mankind. Yes. <laughs> and womankind, too. And little children. Yes, I love all little children. No, come on, stop. Sniggering. Not like that, obviously. I, some of my people work for me, maybe, but not me, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I see, if I was going to go around telling everyone to forgive each other, and then I didn't forgive people myself, I'd feel a bit like a prick. You're right, Richard Herring. You're, you've taught me, Jesus Christ, a, a, a valuable lesson about humility today. That's right, that's right, Jesus, any time. Not everyone can be as good and holy as me. No. We should forgive everyone in the world. So I think we should forgive everyone. Ryan Giggs, we should forgive him. We, not, um, not Keith Allen, though. No, when he moved those... He moved those... Do you remember? He must have been there. He moved those mats. Oh, I know. Ben Moore fell on the floor. I agree, Richard. Keith Allen... 
is a total thundercunt. Um, I don't know why I invented him, really, or my dad did. Anyway, you are, you, you are brilliant, though, Richard. You are better than me, Jesus Christ, and if any more Christians give you hassle at your shows, you can quote me on that. Uh, nice one. Thanks, Jesus. I shall undo the rapture. Uh, goodbye, Richard. I love you. Well, I'm afraid I only like you as a friend, Jesus, but... No, maybe if you give me enough Jesus juice, who knows what might happen. I mean, when I say Jesus juice, I mean wine, oh. but, but then if it goes well, like the other Jesus juice... Yes, it's been a while, it's more like glue. Um, three, the rapture is undone! Sound effect reverse. Oh, you wouldn't really notice, but it is. Oh. Welcome back to Earth, guys. Oh, we were in heaven. It was amazing. Oh, they had nectar and ambrosia creamed rice. That's Sky HD, all the channels, twenty pounds a month. That's not bad, is it? And and a surprisingly extensive range of anal dildos. <laughs> Check on, cast of AI Optima. You are handsome twats. You're back on Earth. The rapture's never going to happen because of me. You'll have to do the show for another four weeks at least. <laughs> Thank you very much. Tell you enjoyed it. See you next time. Tell your friends. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.